0: praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord hi guys it's pastor here God bless you uh, pumped up for tonight's lesson Galatians chapter 5 it's been uh, it's been a an awesome week it's been an awesome week that's for sure I love the rain not so much the wind uh, the wind gave us some issues at church with our big tents. But we got it all figured out thanks to our, our awesome work crew led by Pastor Cesar Campos and, and um, one of our, our, our campus manager, plant manager, guru. His name is Raul Arroyo. Man, that guy is a whiz. I'm so thankful for Raul. Um, he's been such a blessing to us um, at Mission and um, he's just taking everything that we do to another level. Uh, praise God for that. But thank God that you guys are here. Thank God that you're joining us. I'm going to be teach- teaching out of the book of Galatians chapter 5. I bet those of you who know the Bible know that Galatians chapter 5 is is one of the powerhouse chapters in the Bible. One of the powerhouse chapters, verse 22, one of my favorites. One thing that I have um, committed to memory is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. We're going to spend quite a bit of time in that today. Well, God bless all you guys, and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study with Pastor Josh Canales. I've had the the great um, honor of leading the Bible study these last couple of Wednesdays. Uh, I've been on a roll, though. I've I've done them three three weeks in a row. Um, I did uh, Let's see Galatians three in Spanish, and then I did four last week in English, and Galatians five this week in in English again. Um, reminder to those of you: you guys know we have our our Bible studies, our prayer services at 6:30 every Tuesday and Wednesday in English, and then in Spanish at 7:30. We're a bilingual church. What can you say? We're the melting we're in the melting pot of the United States of America, Los Angeles, the great city of Los Angeles, second largest city in the country where we have lots of work to do in regards to the Word of God um, and and teaching the Word of God, preaching the Word of God, living the Word of God. You probably hear my daughter in the background. That girl has been on one. Well, I'm, I'm blessed because I'm here with family. I'm here with people from the mission. And if you're friends or family of the great Mission Ebenezer Family Church, we want to welcome you to... Um, our broadcast tonight. I want to welcome you to my home. This is our guest room right here in the downstairs. If you don't have any coffee, you already had dinner, I want to encourage you to stick around with us for a minute and um, spend some time in the Word of God because I am going to be speaking about the significance and the importance of memorizing Scripture. So pull out your Bibles, everybody. Pull out your Bibles. Galatians chapter 5. we got some great stuff that we're going to be looking at. All right. Praise God. Let's begin our study in the word of God. For freedom, Christ set us free. And by the way, I'm reading from the Holman version. It's the Christian Standard Bible. All right. Today I'm um, breaking away from the NIV, um, just in case you want it to know. For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then. And don't submit again to a yoke of st- slavery. You noticed how Paul uses this word uh, stand firm in many of his epistles, many of his books stand firm from the, from the Greek word stami, um or histami. He says, take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourselves circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. You're you're probably wondering like what's wrong with circumcision? Right? It's a very common practice nowadays. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to do the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. For we eagerly await, through the Spirit by faith, the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. It's one of the first times Paul mentions love in this whole book. And I'm going to come back to that because that's one of the significant points of chapter 5. And in light of everything that Paul wanted to do, um, based on his agenda in writing the letter to the Galatians, the letter to the people of Galatia, which was a region, wasn't a city like many of his other epistles. It wasn't um, a little small area. Galatia was a massive, massive region. Okay, in present present day Syria, um, it says, you were running well who prevented you from, pers- from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And he says, the one who's calling us is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not the one who was persuading them or trying to influence them to make any changes from the gospel that Paul preached and the gospel that he um, reached them with. In other words, The gospel that converted their hearts and that saved them by faith is the gospel that Paul is trying to establish. And he's underlining the very truth in the integrity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the gospel never changes. The gospel never changes. Times change, people change, periods of time change, um, but the gospel never changes. God never changes. The word of God does not change. And that's very significant for us to see right here. He says the one who calls you has not tried to persuade you otherwise. Watch this verse 9. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. I myself am persuaded in the Lord, you will not accept any other view. So he's speaking that into in, into existence. He says I myself am persuaded In the Lord that you will not accept any. I know you're not going to go there. I know you ain't going to do it. I know you ain't going to listen to anybody that's been trying to get your ear. And pull you over to their side. He says I know you're not going to. So a little bit of reverse psychology. But I call it faith. Paul is speaking it into existence. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers and sisters, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I wish those who are disturbing you might also let themselves be mutilated. All right. Now, I'm going to get a little graphic. I hope you. you I hope we have a um, a grown folk audience tonight. But the definition of circumcision is where. There is a medical procedure where the there's an excess skin on the, the tip of a male's penis that is actually cut off for uh, hygienic purposes and for many other reasons. But for the Jews, it was a sign that they belong to the the Jews. It was a sign that they belong to the Israelites. It was a sign of Abraham um, and that that was passed down through their people, through their lineage. It was a tradition, and many other nations and people groups did not do this process, this procedure called circumcision. But the Jews did, the the Hebrews did. And so, in this particular case, Paul is so heated. Paul is so upset um, that that people um, were trying to convey to the Gentiles who did not get circumcised that now that they had received Jesus Christ, they needed to be circumcised. Well, Paul knows that the Jews that are born into Judaism, they're going to be circumcised naturally because of their, their history and their tradition and their sign and their symbol. Um, or it's like a sign of, or a badge of, of belonging. Okay. And Paul's cool with that. If there are Jews who receive Jesus Christ and they're circumcised or their families continue to be circumcised, he's like, no big deal, no problem. It's all good in the hood. The problem was, is that because of what Jesus did by setting us free from the law of Moses, which the law of Moses demanded circumcision of all Jews, anybody that had converted to Judaism would have to get circumcised even after them being an adult. And so what was happening here, the Judaizers, everybody say Judaizers, say Judaizers. The Judaizers were people, they were actually the Jews, who were trying to tell new recent Christian converts to Christianity that they needed to follow the Jewish tradition or customs of circumcision. So they were were trying to impose something of the old law of Moses upon the Christians themselves. How you doing, neighbor? And so in that regard, what happened was, is that Paul is getting really, really upset. And he's like, don't listen to these people. I know you're not going to listen to these people. They will pay the price for what they're doing and what they're trying to place upon your shoulders. Spiritual burden. They're trying to put a burden. How many of you guys know that life is hard enough on its own? let alone um, the Judaizers coming and trying to tell Gentiles who were getting saved that they all of a sudden had to be circumcised in order to walk with Jesus or belong to their group. In other words, it kind of makes it seem like it's just a club, like it's, it's some type of, you know, faith or salvation or eternal life was something that they could earn. Paul reminds them that no, you can't earn salvation. Salvation is only gained by faith. And that's faith in Jesus Christ. The reason why we receive our our salvation through faith in Jesus Christ is because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's Jesus and him crucified. Nothing more, nothing less. But what happens here is, Paul says, if you go on trying to live your lives according to the law, thinking that you're going to somehow make God smile by trying to live out everything according to the law. He says you're 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 fools. He says I would I wish that they would be mutilated. What it means here in chapter 12, he says is I wish that they would go ahead and cut it all the way off. Cut there there you know what? All the way off. So Paul uses some pretty strong language here. It's not really communicated well in the English. Translations, you can look at many English translations, and it's not gonna probably speak or use that kind of language. So, I'm gonna go PG right here. I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it safe for all you guys. I ain't gonna go there, all right? I ain't gonna go there. But Paul says, I wish that they would go and instead of circumcising themselves, I wish they would cut the whole thing off. So, it's a bit of humor right here that Paul uses. But let's continue, verse 13. For you were called to be free. Brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Once again, second time Paul begins to talk about love. All right. I'm loving it. I'm loving it because Paul has been pretty hardcore. He's been pretty truthful, which we all need the truth. But how many of you know we need the truth in love? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, y'all. Raise your hand. Oh, by the way, go ahead and share tonight's message with your friends. And folks that are on Facebook tonight, they might learn something. might be helpful for them to uh, join along in our Bible class tonight. So what Paul says right here, he says, um, But serve one another through love. So we need to tell the truth in love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. I say then... Walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, anything similar. I'm warning you about these things, as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're going to touch on that and what that means. But the fruit of the Spirit is this, love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The law is, there is no law against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another in envying one another. Hey, let's take a moment. Let's pray. Let's come back right here. As soon as we come back, we're going to get into the weeds of the scripture right here. And I pray that um, I pray that we grow, we grow in our knowledge. I pray that um, the Lord speaks to our hearts. Father, we love you and we thank you. We, um, we worship you, Lord Jesus, there is no, none like you. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we ask Father God that you would open our minds, open our hearts, open our spiritual lives so we might see beautiful things in your law today. We pray all these things in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God. Hey, Galatians chapter five, welcome to Pastor Josh's Bible class 101, where we're talking about um, the, the love, the truth, the spiritual father that Paul was to uh, his disciples in, in Galatia. And so, um, so watch this. Chapter one of Galatians, Paul says plainly, there is no other gospel except the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel that I brought to you. So Paul places lots of onus on his agency and his agency, his body, his mind, his heart, his soul, his spirit, having been converted and, and Paul having an experience with Jesus Christ himself um, on the road to Damascus. And so Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ and he can contend with any, anybody because the apostles, that was a a name that was reserved for the first 12 apostles that Jesus called. Okay. The first 12 that Jesus called, those were the main apostles. That name was a protected name. All right. It wasn't a name that they passed out like pancakes at the high school fundraiser. Um, No. Apostles was a name that was um, only given to those that were Jesus's first 12 and those who were called and sent by Jesus himself. Well, Paul says, I had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus appeared to me on the road to Damascus. Therefore, I also am an apostle of Jesus Christ. And after that, um, Paul's life, his ministry, and everything else fell in line. And many of the original apostles recognized Paul's apostleship, but he had to fight for it. He had to scrap for it. He had to, um, <clears throat> defend, uh, that specific, um, that specific element of, uh, of his calling and his walk. Nonetheless, Paul says, no other gospel. Don't listen to other folks. Keep it simple. Keep it to the gospel. Now, um, Man, I was going to go into a story, but I'm going to hold up. Let me go through that. Let me give a little rundown. Chapter two, Paul opposes Cephas or Peter, because Peter, knowing that God had appeared to him through the Holy Spirit and spoke to him in a dream and told him that um, the spirit of God was more important than living according to the law of Moses. And so in the book of Acts, Peter has a if you read the book of Acts, Peter had a dream. And in the dream, there was a sheet that came down from heaven. And in the sheet, there were a whole bunch of different animals. And the, um, in this dream, basically, God was speaking to Peter. He says, kill and eat. He's like, these are unclean animals. He's like, I know exactly. The law is not as significant as it once was. What's more important is Jesus. What's uh, just as important, equally important, is the Holy Spirit and the fact that that I've come, Jesus has come for all the world and not just for the Jews. And so they wanted to break it open and and create a unity instead of disunity. But guess what happened? Peter, a- after having an experience with the Lord, having this vision from heaven, went back to Jewish customs of only eating the Jewish uh, foods and dietary law. And then he also goes back to this, 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 Teaching or this understanding of, of, of saying that, that Gentiles needed to be circumcised. Um, and so in chapter 2, Paul calls Peter out. And I believe Pastor Manuel brought the word that week. Chapter 3 Saved by Faith through Grace. Praise God. Um, we read about Abraham's seed of faith, Genesis chapter 15, and then Paul brings us all the way to the birth of Jesus. So the the seed of faith in Abraham finally gives birth through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is the the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Chapter four, Paul gets real and truthful about his concern for the Galatians and just lays it out there. And it's like, hey, man, you're on the verge of going in a direction that you're going to regret. And finally, here in chapter five. Okay, so for the first four chapters, you guys, pay attention, pay attention. The first four chapters of Galatians, Paul hits it hard. Even in in the beginning of chapter five, he hits it hard. He speaks the truth. He's calling them out. He says, You foolish Galatians. I mean, he lays it out. Finally, in chapter five, after the medicine, Paul had to bring some love. Paul instead, you know, you know, after you discipline a child, you have to bring the love. You can't just be all disciplined. You can't just be completely harsh. All right. If, when you correct somebody, you can't just correct somebody and just boom and then extend um, that that correction. No, correction should be swift. Correction should be uh, short. You should not belabor it whenever anybody is corrected. And then you move on and you build one another up. Well, finally, Paul in chapter five goes to love. He starts speaking about love. He, he was probably reminded that like, man, I've been going in on these folks. I think I need to lighten up a little bit. I think I need to bring in a little love. And so sure enough, um, you know, after after Paul being the doctor comes in and cuts out the cancer, he now applies some, some balm upon the wound. He now has to bring some love to to mend the correction and the harshness that he brought. Uh, the apostle Paul. So I call that um, encouragement. And then who else did Paul turn to right here? But the Holy Spirit, he speaks of the fruit of the spirit chapter five. So, um, and I'm thankful that Paul finally comes back to the spirit um, and brings some love. I think Paul needed to, to get back to edifying the the Galatians right here before he lost them completely, um, and, and caused them to close their ears and, or, or turn the other way. We have to, we have to always gauge that, that we're not too harsh, but that we balance that out with, with love. Um, and so look what Paul does right here in chapter five, verse 16. He says, I say, then walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh desires. What is against the spirit and the spirit desires. What is against the flesh? These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So now Paul's saying, all right. So in other words, the way that we can all safeguard our Christian walk with Jesus Christ. And if you're looking to have any governance, aha, if you're looking to have any governance over your life, if you need a rudder to help guide you and direct you. If you need anything to provide structure for your life or for your faith, because let's face it, our faith sometimes is very theoretical. Our faith sometimes is very um, ideological. Sometimes it's conceptual. It's concepts. It's things. You can't really touch faith sometimes. All right? You can't really touch theology sometimes. That's why we call certain things practical theology, which means we're practicing what we believe or what we think. All right. Um, that's, that's what Paul's talking about right here. So, Oh, this is about to get good right here. So watch what Paul says. Paul says, if you need anything to help guide you along in life, if you need anything to help you work out your salvation, guess what? It doesn't need to be the law of Moses because the law is too harsh As a matter of fact, the law would bring you down. It would drag you down. The law of Moses is not redemptive. Nobody is ever saved by the law. The only thing that people are saved by is none other than Jesus Christ himself. Paul injects love back into this letter. So he redeems the letter, turns it into a love letter. All right, because we know Galatians is an epistle. It's a letter. So Paul turns it back... The Galatians 2, the love letter of Jesus Christ to these people in Galatia and says, If you need any help walking with God, then let me recommend the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can guide us. The Holy Spirit will bring the conviction that we need. The Holy Spirit will help us to resist the flesh and the temptations of the world. Because what does the law do after all? The Jews needed the law to keep them on the straight and narrow. The Jews needed the law of Moses in order to remind them that they belonged to God and that they were called to live a holy and righteous life. It really comes from a good intention, right? But what Paul is explaining to them is even though this law had good intentions and it once served a great purpose for the actual, for the good of all the world, since we now have Jesus... (laughs) Guess what? Jesus is better than the law. That's what Paul is saying. Love is better than hate, right? Love is better than hate. Um, Redemption is better than condemnation. That's what Paul is saying right here. I hope you're getting the the nugget. I hope you're getting the the heart of what Paul is saying right here in chapter 5. Now, in verses 19 and 20 and in 21, Paul goes on a rant and he lists, he's probably preaching, he goes on a rant of all these, like, um, no-nos, all these no-nos, all these immoral no-nos, all these vices, right? He talks about drunkenness, talks about orgy, he talks about sexual immorality, a lot has to do with the flesh, a lot of it had to do with sexuality, right? Our bodies, right? Our hormones, right? Um, Paul knew that Anybody in the world deals with and struggles with all these kinds of things. But, and guess what? This is not this is not a comprehensive list of everything that we would consider sin. These are just some of the things that Paul probably knew about the people in Galatia and the struggles that they had specifically. So Paul names some of these specific, um, you know, lifestyles or sin that, that they needed to make sure to keep out of their life. He's like, if if you want a law to live by, remove these things. All right. He goes, that's about all I'm going to give you. He said. Instead, he says, why don't you turn to the spirit? Here we go. Why don't you revert to the fruit of the spirit if you want a law? Let's let's um, let's commit ourselves to the law of the spirit, which is. The fruit of the spirit, and so the fruit of the spirit can give us what we need to chew on spiritual nourishment for our spiritual lives. And so, recently, I have, I couldn't wait to teach Galatians chapter five. Recently, um, I have been going back over and over um, Galatians chapter five, and I, I wanted to commit to memory verse twenty-two, which. Is the fruit of the spirit, and I'm going to teach you how to memorize the fruit of the spirit if you have not already memorized it. All right, today I was talking with my mother in law. We have it written on our uh, next to our calendar on our, our weekly uh, task board for our kids and our family. But watch this the way I, I memorize the fruit of the spirit. Um, is by memorizing the first letter of the nine fruit of the Spirit. And and let me teach you something else. You don't say fruits. Don't say fruits of the Spirit. You say fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is a multiple, it's a plural usage of this particular concept. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit, you don't have to refer to it with the, 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 the S at the end of the word. So it's fruit of the Spirit, and it's, L J P P K G F G S, L J P P K G F G S. So I memorized them in two sections. I memorized the first five, then I memorized the last four. And the first five are L J P P K. Everybody say that. To, say that with me on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. L J P P K. Let's say that again. L-J-P-P-K, all right? Now, the last four letters are G-F-G-S. That's easy, right? G-F-G-S. So if we we break them up into the top five and the bottom four, we have L-J-P-P-K-G-F-G-S, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, what, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. L-J-P-P-K-G-F-G-S. Now, why is this significant, and why why am I why am I speaking so practically to us right now in the middle of a Bible class? Well, because every good Bible teacher is first a good Christian, all right. Every professor in in seminary that I took, I could tell whether or not they were a good Christian by the way they taught. I had some professors you could tell they were churchmen, you could tell they were faithful to church, you could tell. Um, If they were um, really believed what they were teaching in seminary by the way they taught, by the way they spoke, because they would often refer to stories about, you know, in my church or, you know, in my pastor or, you know, when I preach at church. Um, And I love that. I love that because as a Bible teacher, I have to first be a practitioner of what I teach, right? Practice what you preach. And so that's what we're doing here today. We are wanting to make sure that we have a practical application for tonight's lesson, which is allowing Paul to bring the love and truth together in tandem for us tonight. And so that's why I hope that this is helpful for you in memorizing the fruit of the Spirit. According to Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control those nine. And once you get good at that, you'll be able to number each one, right? But the reason why it's important for me is because when me and my family walk by our family board right here in the kitchen, and we have the fruit of the spirit lined up with each of those letters, LJPPKGFGS, it's a reminder to me, oh, today, man, I need, a, I need to be patient. And I need to work on my patience. Right, which is the the fourth, fourth fruit of the spirit. Um, and or maybe it's self-control, whatever the case may be. If it's gentleness, there it is, Diane LJ PPK, G F G S, love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now you got it. You just memorized the fruit of the spirit. All right. Um, And so maybe somebody can type them in your your comment box right there and post them for everybody that's watching. All right. Um, But it's very, very important. Now, guess what? I also would like to say this about the fruit of the spirit. Paul mentions these nine fruit of the spirit and we're memorizing them based on our, our English language. But these are not, in my opinion... In my opinion, I do not believe these are the exclusive fruit of the spirit as if there, there are no other fruit of the spirit. No, I believe that there are more fruit of the spirit because anything that is goodness from God, anything that comes from God is a fruit of the spirit. It comes from God. It comes from the tree of God, the tree of knowledge all right, that comes from God, the tree of goodness, the cross of Jesus Christ, which is the tree of of goodness, tree of life. Um, guess what? That's going to be considered also a fruit of the spirit, but these ones help give us a roadmap for life. These nine help give us a roadmap for Christian living. Now I can argue this point with anybody. There is no way that Paul was trying to make a once and for all exclusive top nine. Matter of fact, nine is not even a really significant number. So there's nothing special to the number either. It just so happens that Paul mentioned nine while he was preaching and he ran out of gas after number nine and then went on to the next point, which is, now let me wrap back up and remind us why I wrote the letter of Galatians and that's what chapter six was. So after Paul was preaching, he got into the fruit of the spirit and he ended off with, self-control and he's just like so let me stop and, and and not keep going on and on and bore you to death and let me summarize what I just said in chapter six finally which is next week's lesson he summarizes the rest of Galatians chapters 1 through 5 once again and then you know signs off and sends the letter and makes sure that he prays that the letter gets to where it was supposed to to go and And that people were encouraged by it some ways, uh, somehow. Okay, so I see Diane. Diane's the only one that's gonna put the letters up. Come on, y'all. What what that tells me is that y'all just passing through, spending a couple of seconds, then you're just peacing out, going to something else. Hey, stick around for a while. Everybody, grab your phone right now. Come on, we're in Bible study. We're in Bible class. Nope. Oh, there we go, Michelle. There we go. Sister Michelle did it. Somebody else. Come on, somebody else. Somebody else. I want to see somebody else. Write them out. Write them out, you guys. Write out the the nine fruit of the Spirit. There we go. Sister Yvette, praise God. You get an A for the day, sister. A for the day. Trina, 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 I want you to write these down. The nine fruit of the Spirit, Sister Trina. Love, peace. Excuse me. Love, joy, peace, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Write them out, numbers one through nine, and pop them in right there in your comment box, because I want to make sure that those of us that are following along in our Bible class today are going to take something very practical away from what Paul is saying. Paul's like, I know we all need help walking with God. I know we all need help with structure in our lives. There we go, Sister Leslie. I bet you'll never forget it, Leslie. Leslie, you will never forget the nine fruit of the spirit um that Paul gives us in Galatians chapter five. Matter of fact, um you should have you should have crystal. There we go, Sister Connie. I love it. You should have crystal make a, a nice little decoration out of that. The nine fruit of the spirit. Um, and I get I guarantee you it will change your home life. It will change your home life. Because me and my boys have been talking about the fruit of the spirit um, recently. I, Judah, which one you need to practice? And he, he walked by. He goes, self control, Dad. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. <clears throat> but uh, it, you, hey, do any of you guys do any of you guys ever do um, Facebook Live? Do you, do you guys ever any do kind of like what I'm doing right now, Facebook Live? Do you ever get tired of, like, talking to yourself? <laughs> it's weird. I know I'm talking to all you guys. But I'm, like, seeing myself and, like, talking to myself in the mirror. So I'm, like, rehearsing or practicing some kind of speech while I'm doing Facebook Live. It's actually really, really funny <clears throat> uh, when you think about it. But but anyhow, praise God. Um, hey, the fruit of the Spirit is Paul's... Um, Paul's way of letting us know that the Holy Spirit is who Jesus gave us to help us walk with him, to rely on him and in him, to allow our lives. Hey, there we go, Trina. Nice job, sister. Nice job, coach. <coughs> Love you. Thanks for being on the, on the Bible class today. Um, and it's Paul's reminder to us. Um, as, as tough as he was, he loves them. He loved the people in Galatia. Um and and I tell you what you guys um I love you. I love you. And and that's the thing about a pastor. Sometimes we're going to bring a message or bring a word that people aren't going to like. Cuz we know a lot about what's going on in our community. We know a lot about what families and couples go through. We know a lot about the situations that plague our area of the earth. And so Pastors are able to speak specifically to um, to the people of God, and you know sometimes folks don't like that, but that's what a pastor is for. A pastor is is, a pastor is different than just a preacher. A preacher can come and go, a teacher can come and go, an evangelist can come and go, but a pastor is different. And Paul was a pastor. Paul loved his people, and Paul was tough with his people. He didn't let let them off the hook and. Yeah, I know sometimes I'm not the uh, the most liked or um, person in town. Sometimes, or pastors are like that. Pa- you know, sometimes you know, they say prophets sometimes have no honor in their own hometown. Well, it's because sometimes we have to say the tough stuff, but we pray that people will receive it as correction and as love from the Lord. The Book of Hebrews says, "Remember your your leaders and your elders, your pastors, and consider it a joy." to um, To listen to what what they say, and let serving the Lord be um, a blessing, not a burden, a blessing, not a burden. Uh, and so today I pray that, I pray that the fruit of the Spirit for us is something that is going to bring us in a closer walk with Jesus. Um, remember that grace, grace rules and trumps all, I'm thankful that Paul was reminded of the necessity for love here in chapter 5. He mentions that, I think, two or three times. In verse 6, he says, what matters is faith working through love. That's very true. And then he says it again um, in verse 13. He says, but serve one another through love. And then verse 14, the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor. He's like, if you need a law for something, if if you're if you're type A personality, if you're you're anal retentive, and you need something to hold on to, um, you need you need something to hold on to. He says, then love God and love your neighbor, and that is the law. That's the greatest law. That's what the commandments were all about, anyway. He says, love God and love your neighbor, and so I'm thankful that Paul remembered that. I'm thankful he didn't send us to bed without dinner. <laughs> I'm thankful that Paul didn't just spank us and leave us in the room crying for hours and and then forget to come and hug us and love us. Mama Mama Betty, I love you. And uh, I hope to connect with you soon. Maybe next time we're driving to San Diego, we'll stop off and come and see you there in Santa, San Clemente. We love you. Um, but um, God bless you, Mission. Um, you guys, we are... We are uh, plugging away at the Nehemiah Project. Um, we are raising $100,000 to renovate our sanctuary. We've raised about $20,000 so far. We have two and a half months left. Uh, some of you are on this call have already given to the Nehemiah Project. And for that, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your love and your generosity. Others of us that are on the call, I'd like for you to pray about it. Pray about supporting our good work. We want to renovate our sanctuary, and I believe God wants us to renovate our sanctuary so that we can galvanize um, the the leadership and the people of the mission in such a way so as to call all of those who have been scattered throughout the the diaspora of the pandemic, people that have been scattered abroad, um, and we want to beautify our sanctuary. We want to have something beautiful and something new to come back to. Um, there was nothing wrong with our sanctuary before. We just believed that it was time for us to um, give it a little bit of a facelift, freshen it up, kind of like a home reno. Um, many of you know what, what that's like to kind of get do redecorate your whole house, your living room, your kitchen, your, your bathrooms, your bedrooms, give it a new splash of paint. It's just kind of a new warm feeling, a, a feeling of freshness. While we believe coming out of the pandemic, that this is something that God gave to us. He gave us this gift of the vision of, of the Nehemiah project. It's God's promise to to, um, to to Moses that Nehemiah pulled from and said, "God, you 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 told Moses that um, that if your people were obedient, you would go and find them wherever they had been scattered across the whole earth, and you would bring them back to the place of worship." Nehemiah chapter one verse nine. If you don't believe it, go and check it out yourself, but go to our website on our website. You'll see up in the, in the far right tab, click on the drop down menu and you'll see Nehemiah project. You can see what God has placed on our heart, uh, to do there for the house of God, because we believe the house of God still has significance in the gathering, the congregating. And we believe that the five and a half acres that God has blessed us with as a church is holy ground. It's, it's, it's a place that is dedicated for worship of, of, of the almighty God, where, where we would uh, grow in a, a prayer life and in, a, in, a, in um, an intimacy and a fellowship with God, allowing the, the, the Holy Spirit to bring us to the place of being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to the world. And so we humbly ask that you would pray about joining us, you guys, in the Nehemiah Project, all right? Um, And uh, there are many different options of how you can give, different amounts. Um, I pray that the Lord moves on your heart, that you'd give generously to the Nehemiah Project. So I believe there's a lot of people out here, especially in the harbor area, that need to know about Jesus, and we want to get ready to renew the sanctuary as we start preparing to um, come back indoors here in the the next several months. so, God bless you, Mission. Thanks for joining us tonight on the, our Bible study in Galatians chapter 5. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a couple of things. I hope you're also able to uh, take, uh, take a few things away, a couple of practical reminders of what the fruit of the Spirit is. One last time, you guys. Let's say the nine uh, first letters of the fruit of the Spirit. Ready? L-J-P-P-K-G-F-G-S, which represents... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All number nine, fruit of the spirit, straight from the hand of Paul, the apostle himself, for the people of God, because we all need something. If you take something away, you got to put something else back in our hands. Otherwise, we go away crying, wanting that lollipop. Um, But Paul says, okay, you need something. God's going to take away the law of Moses, you don't need that law anymore to be saved. It's more of a burden. Matter of fact, it eliminates the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it basically tells Jesus, I'm slapping you in your face. Your death on the cross did not mean anything um, because I need to go and, and earn my salvation by works. We know that that's not the case. I'm thankful for the book of Galatians. It was one of the first books in the Bible that I read that finally opened my eyes to what was really going on here. It was a, a, a big epiphany for me. It was a, an aha moment that helped me grow in my faith. Um, so, you guys, I love you. Go to our website, www.missionebenezer.org. I can't wait to see you soon. I hope to see you this Sunday. We are starting... Um, uh, Just a a two-part series in the theology of suffering. The theology of suffering. Um, Why do we suffer? And what is the significance of suffering? Why do we have to go through it? Um, And what does God desire to accomplish through it? Well, we're going to go to the Word of God, and we're going to learn how Jesus, being the suffering servant himself, um, lived it out and demonstrated for us and uh, we're going to study the book of Isaiah. We're going to study the New Testament as we make our way to the cross of Calvary and ultimately the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So some great stuff coming up. You're a part of an amazing church, a church that understands the significance of, of good theology, preaches the Bible. We stay close to the Bible. We don't um, uh, let anything get in the way of us preaching the truth and nothing but the truth of Jesus Christ, um, our Lord and Savior And so God bless you. Try Jesus. He is the greatest. He is the best decision that I have ever made in my life is Jesus. God bless.